Well, you know, as I think of Thanksgiving, I really do think that our entire lives, I hope you do too, should be grounded in gratitude, right? You think of what Christ has done for us. You think about those of us who have given our lives to Jesus Christ and he has saved us and he has made us his children and he has reconciled us to God. How grateful we should be every single day for what he's done. And I know many of you do that. I hope that part of your daily time of just talking to Jesus throughout the day and maybe during your personal time with him, if you do that, is thanksgiving, being grateful. I think that uh, if there's anybody on the planet who should live a life of gratitude, it's us. It's us. Some of you may say, you know, I agree with that, and I know the Bible teaches that, but I just, you know, the old glass half, half empty, glass half full kind of person, you know, and some of you might say, I have to work at being thankful. I tend to see everything that's wrong. I tend to get discouraged often. And maybe that's true. And for some people, it's because of the kind of home they grew up in, maybe. Tended to lean more that way. For others, maybe it's a a bit of their temperament, whatever it might be. But I want to assure you today, by the authority of the word of God, that we are to be grateful people. Amen? We are to be deeply grateful people for who Jesus is and who he is to us. So there's an amazing passage. I love this passage that I want to share with you this morning as we think about this whole idea of Thanksgiving, this whole idea of being grateful. It's found in the book of Colossians. If you have your Bible, I encourage you to turn there. Colossians chapter 3, just three verses that really help us understand what we are to be thankful for. You see, I think most of us, our tendency is to be thankful for very tangible things. Nothing wrong with that. This Thursday, if you sat around the table with family or people who are very dear friends of yours, I'm sure you thank the Lord for them, and you should. And we thank the Lord for houses and, and cars that run and paychecks and, you know, football teams that beat their rival really badly and other types of things. You know what I'm talking about? That's okay. You don't have to. No. Um, whatever things we just get excited about and are thankful for, those things are fine. But here's what I want to do today, and I really mean this. I want us to shift our focus to things above that we're to be grateful for. You know, we can be thankful for the tangible things, the things in this life. Often the things that we're quick to give thanks for are things that, that, things that make our life more comfortable or better. And we can go to that very next level of even thanking God for the challenges and trials in life. In fact, James says, consider it all joy when you encounter those things. Why? Because God uses those times in amazing ways so often to draw us to himself, to make us more dependent, to refine our character, to help us become less selfish and self-centered. So there are some spiritual blessings. That's what I want to focus on because that's what Paul focuses on in Colossians 3, verses 15 through 17 about being thankful. And my, my heart and my hope this morning as I share these couple of verses with you is that God will help you say, oh, there are profound things I need to make sure I'm grateful for that I thank God for, that I dwell on and meditate, that create in me not just occasional words of thanks to God, 
but a lifestyle of thanksgiving. A lifestyle of thanksgiving. And that is what God, I believe, has called us to. Colossians chapter 3, and I'm going to pick up in verse 15. These are the words of the Apostle Paul. He writes, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message or the word of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I I see in these three verses just some beautiful spiritual truths about our mandate, our command to live a life of gratitude and thanksgiving. Look with me again at verse 15. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Are you a stressed person? Don't have to raise your hand. Are you an anxious person? Are you a fearful person? You know, I know people I talk with and they would say, I have more days that I'm really stressed out and fearful and anxious than I have days that I'm not. And I just think that's sad, but I think that's actually fairly common, isn't it? People live with high levels of stress and high levels of fear and high levels of anxiety. And when you have those moments of peace and rest in your heart and your soul, it's like, wow, why don't I live here more often, right? This passage talks about the peace of Christ. And did you see the verb, the word that's used there? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. That is a really strong word. It's a military word. It means a command has been given, you must obey. Let the word of Christ rule and reign in your hearts. It is God's desire for you to live with peace in your hearts. Did you know that? It's God's desire that you experience his rest in your own soul. That's God's heart for you and for me. You know, there's a, a, another couple of verses over in the book of Philippians. And I know many of you know these verses because, you know, often when you read scripture, the, the knee-jerk response verbally is, no way. Right? Has that ever happened to you? You've read verses? No way. <laughs> like, I can't imagine myself doing that. But it's scripture and it's a command. Look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 with me. It says, do not be anxious for anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, keyword, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't you love that? Be anxious for nothing, and we say, that sounds impossible, God. What do you do? Here's what you do. Here's the key to this, these couple of verses here. 
It, it talks about a thankful heart. God, I am thankful that you're in control of this situation. God, I am thankful that I don't have to fix this myself because I can't. God, I am thankful that you have promised never to leave, never to forsake me. God, I'm thankful that you are such a good father who only intends good for me. Not easiness, not necessarily comfort, but good for me. And you see how when we, when we thank God for who he is, we thank God that he's in control. We thank God that he cares deeply as a loving father cares for his child. That his promise is peace. In fact, did you see that word? And the peace beyond comprehension. Some ver- versions say the peace that passes, passes all understanding. I don't understand this peace that God has given me, but he's given it to me. I wonder how many of you, I absolutely raise my hand on this one. How many of you during some of the toughest times of your life, you cried out to God and he gave you peace. And he calmed your spirit. And he assured you, and maybe it was he just did it or he did it through people who love you. He's the God of peace. And that's why Paul says after he said that back in Colossians 3.15, and be thankful. Be thankful that he's a God who gives peace. He's not a God that wants you stressed out all the time. Absolutely not. He's not a God that wants you to live in fear. In fact, if you do a study, I encourage you to do this. Go get a concordance, one of those things that tell you where a certain word appears in Scripture. And just look at the word fear, and then especially the phrase, fear not. Jesus said that multiple times. Fear not. Why? Because he's the God of peace. He's the prince of peace. And he wants that peace that the Bible calls it shalom. That's the Hebrew word for his peace. God wants that shalom for your heart. And I love it that he says, oh, and be thankful. Because when you, we all know what it's like to go through seasons of intense stress in our lives, right? And, and terrible anxiety in our lives. Losing sleep, stomach pain, maybe other health issues. It is horrible. He wants to give you peace. Be thankful. Cry out to him for his peace. That's verse 15. Let's look at verse 16. Because this also talks about a reason, a spiritual reason to be thankful. Um, and that is, by the way, my, my point, maybe you got this. I think it was up on the screen. Maybe peace in the midst of stress is just kind of a way of, of really summarizing that verse in verse 15. Verse 16, let's keep going. Let the message of Christ or the word of Christ, probably the more common translation, let the message of Christ Dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Let the word of Christ dwell. God wants the peace of Christ to rule in our lives. He wants the word of Christ or the word of God to dwell in us. Isn't that, a, isn't that a great thought? Dwell. It means to, to make your home at, in. 
to set up camp, (laughs) to set up house, whatever phrase we want to use. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. And then he goes on and talks about gratitude again. I don't know about you, but I do not look to the media to help me understand how to live life. We are bombarded, aren't we? We are bombarded with a message that is contrary to truth. It seems to be almost everywhere, all around us. How are you counteracting that message? There's only one way to do it, my friends, and that is to be in the Word of God. (laughs) To study the Word of God on a regular basis, to memorize the Word of God. And dwell in it richly. That means over and over constantly. It's what you ponder. It's what you reflect on. It's what you meditate on is God's truth. Because we can be thankful that God gives us truth in the midst of lies. He does. One of the things that I'm so grateful for is somebody who's who's tried to be a, a serious student of God's word for decades. Is I think God develops what I call a truth radar a truth radar in your spirit, in your, in your mind, in your heart, so that you can discern truth from error. You think that's important for the Christian? You better believe it is, my friends. We need to be able to discern truth from error. And I believe the only way we learn to do that and have that truth radar very well uh, impacting our life and our decisions is by dwelling in the word of God. And then we can can detect truth from error. I'm not saying that all all we do is point out error or we blast people or we're harsh and judgmental and mean-spirited. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying God has truth. And much of the message of our culture and of society is not consistent with his truth. That's for sure. Be thankful. Let's be thankful that God gave us his truth. His truth. You know, it's not going to be long. Actually, one month from today is New Year's Day. Did you know that? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) A lot of people do these things called New Year's resolutions. That's fine. They might be areas of recommitment, areas in your life that you want to change, areas in life where you want to improve, and that's all good. Can I throw one out there for you to think about? Actually, I don't have to wait till then to start. How about before I spend time on my phone, I will spend time in the word of God? Ooh, are you serious, Jeff? Like when I get up in the morning, before I spend time on my phone, I'll spend time in the word. Are some of you saying, that's impossible. That is impossible. It's not impossible. It really isn't. But I get all these texts during the night, and I get all these emails, and I get all these ads, oops, and all these updates. and all... Really? Okay. But how about the word of God first? You think that'd be a good discipline? You think that's a good idea? I think that's a good idea. That's what I try to do. 
Because I am so convinced, that's why I'm an early riser, why I first thing I try to do is spend time in the Word. There is one other thing I do. It's called coffee. Super important, too. Second only to the Word of God. <laughs> At least it's second. Time, on, time in the Word before time on my phone. That's kind of simple to, to think about. Try it. Try it. If you, like me, are convinced, I am so convinced that what I begin to fill my mind with as the day begins to some degree sets the course of the day about how I think, how I act, how I respond, how I live, it does. And I hope that's not legalistic. I just think it's a healthy, godly habit. Before I spend time on my phone, I'm going to spend time in God's word. There you go. That might be a good one as you think about the new year. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. One of the things I did as a baby Christian is uh, I was, this is when I was on campus, I was a student, and someone said, you need to memorize scripture. That's one of the best things you need to do. Memorize scripture, hide God's word in your heart. I'm like, okay, sounds good to me. I don't know if it was the first or the second or the third. It was probably one of those that somebody said, you need to memorize Psalm 119, 105. Some of you know this verse. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and it is a light unto my path. You want that in your life? That's living truth. That's walking in truth. That's what it is. And my dear friends, a lot of that depends on how much you dwell richly on the word of God. I want you to really prayerfully ask the Lord, how can I do better as we're approaching 2020 about dwelling richly in your word? I think, I think God likes that kind of prayer very, very much. Okay, so Paul has a summary verse in this little passage, and that's verse 17. And here's what he said, in whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we're to be thankful for the peace of God, thankful for the word of God, and we're to be thankful for the name of God or of Christ. Peace of Christ, word of Christ, name of Christ. What does he mean by the name of Christ here? I think this is talking about authority. The name of Jesus is the most, most authoritative name in the universe. That's why the Apostle Paul was able to write that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, right? And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the name of Christ. Paul also said that he is the name above all names. Jesus Christ. Do all in the name of Jesus. You know why we can do all in the name of Jesus? Because <laughs> we're co-heirs with Jesus. Because we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Because we are children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. We are adopted into his family. We are born into his family. And so what that means, and this is, this is almost mind-blowing, isn't it? That one of the ways to be so grateful to God is that we live our lives in the authority of Jesus. We can speak on his behalf. We can share the message of the gospel and people can pass from eternal death to eternal life because of the name of Jesus and the authority of Jesus Christ. 
I am so grateful for that authority, an authority in the midst of all the confusion of the world and of life. Be grateful. With his name comes his authority. So as you, as you thank the Lord for all these wonderful things that he has blessed you with, all these good gifts that he's given you and given me, and we should be grateful. Do you thank him for his peace? Because you're praying for his peace. Do you thank him for his word, which gives us truth? And do you thank him for his name? Do you know the word Christian simply means little Christ, Christ followers, those who represent Christ? That's who we are. And for me, as I am consciously thankful for things like these spiritual blessings in my life, that helps me immensely of how I live my life. And I'm so grateful because none of those could I acquire on my own. And neither can you. So here's what I like to say. Thankfulness is a life that is grounded in gratitude. It's a life that is grounded in gratitude. And so whether or not you just tend to be this incredibly grateful, thankful, appreciative person, which is wonderful if you are, but especially for those who really don't live there, kind of seem to see all the things that are wrong first, point out error first, quick to critique, criticize first. What a beautiful thing is for that to be transformed into a life of so much gratitude for who Jesus is, for what Jesus has done for us. And to allow that spirit of, of gratitude and thankfulness to just kind of spill out of us so people know how well they are loved, how deeply they're appreciated by you and also by Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for these verses. They are beautiful. They are powerful. And they are a reminder of these spiritual gifts, these spiritual blessings that you have provided for those who know and love Jesus Christ. And Lord, may you give us grateful hearts. We want them. We believe that they point to you as the giver of all good gifts, which is who you are. And Father, if we have tendencies to grumble and complain and gripe in some of those things, Father, would you begin to wash those things out of our lives? Please. So that we would be a grateful people who reflect your character and your goodness and your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.